0: Little did I know there were like all these Halloween freaks
1: coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds' Traffic Jam podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Maiden Voyage episode numero uno of the Traffic Jam Podcast, the show that blends traffic chat from the web's leading internet traffic experts with cool musical jams. So coming up in the first episode, we've got an interview with Victoria Gibson from Melbourne-based Facebook marketing agency, Mario. Now, Victoria is someone I've gotten to know pretty well as we're buddies inside James Schramko's Silver Circle, which on a side note is an absolutely killer business mastermind group. And at the time of recording this, it's actually open for new members. So if you're doing six figures in revenue and ready to take it to seven, I suggest you check out silvercircle.com. Anyhow, Victoria is a totally switched-on marketer and an expert in Facebook ads and Facebook engagement, so stay tuned for my interview with her a little later on. Now, we've also got this week's news in traffic, where I'll be bringing you all the latest updates across all traffic channels, as well as a section I'm calling the One Minute Traffic Tip, and that is exactly what it says on the tin. So all of this is coming up towards the end of the show, so don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. Now, before we get stuck into the main course, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Thomas. He's my good friend, DJ extraordinaire and producer who supplied the opening track for the podcast. The track's titled Scaramouche and it's out on Tall Room Records. To find out more about Paul, go check out www.djpaulthomas.com. So let's get right into the main section of the show, and that's the special feature with Victoria Gibson. Victoria, welcome to the Traffic Jam podcast.
0: Thanks, James. It's great to be here.
1: Victoria, obviously, I know you and you know me, um, but would you like to share with our listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do as a Facebook marketing specialist?
0: Sure. So I have um, an online presence um, where I interact with, you know, a community and and. Uh, list of people wanting to know more about how to use Facebook for their own brands or for their clients Um, so I provide advice and and tips um, on my website on my blog um, and as well as on my Facebook page so my website is marvio.com m-a-r-v-e-o.com and my Facebook page is um fb.com forward slash we are marvio and so I have an a business where I manage um, clients' campaigns for them. So I take an integrated approach across Facebook using Facebook ads and pages um, to get the, you know, the best results and, uh, yeah, the most effective kind of campaigns that really connect with more of my clients' ideal customers. So I've got those two facets where I, you know, coach and help people online but I also um, deal with clients um, one-on-one with their campaign management too.
1: I've observed what seems to be a real growth in Facebook business pages of late. I'm getting almost daily requests to like my page, sometimes from businesses that on the face of it are not really suited to Facebook marketing. Would you consider Facebook to be a platform still more suited to social or lifestyle businesses or is it now a case that really anyone can use Facebook for business and get success?
0: Look, I think it's getting to the point now where pretty much anybody can. Um, it is all in the execution, um, and most people are not doing execution well. Big brands, obviously, um, you know, streets ahead as far as that's concerned, and and a couple of smaller brands, by virtue of the fact that they don't have big marketing budgets, are you know doing a great job too. Um, but I'm sure you'd agree it, when when you browse around on Facebook. Really good Facebook pages are, and Facebook presence is, are few and far between. Um, you know, great-looking and effective Facebook ads are even harder to find. But it's getting a lot better. Um, there, there are definitely some things that are just not a fit, um, and I've had you know people even approach me and say things like, the things that come to mind are people like who make, metal cabinets for something. I don't even know what you're doing. (laughs) It's kind of, you know, weirdo. I don't don't know. But, you know, an industrial cabinet maker thing, I I don't know, it doesn't interest me at all and I'm sure it's not going to interest the bulk of people on Facebook either. Um, And I just kind of said to them, look, that is going to be one hard (laughs) thing to sell on Facebook. So something bland and boring like that is you know, it's going to be difficult to sell. I, I, I think you can pretty much put anything on there, but you know, there's going to be things that work a lot easier than others. I mean, even if you think about it, something, you know, as unsexy as uh, say the taxation office still has. You know, Facebook is a brilliant channel for them because. If it's not about selling, it's about customer service and being a channel for hearing your customers and responding to your customers' queries and concerns and creating advocates across Facebook. And, you know, even something as unsexy as taxation has a place on Facebook. Sure. You know, it's part of people's lives and something they could interact with. But obviously there are things like, you know, well-loved Brands, consumer brands and musicians um, and, as you said, sort of restaurant lifestyle venues are going to do better than, you know, things like the taxation office. Yeah. But um, as I said before, scale is on Facebook to to really, you know, house anything there now. So I, I wouldn't discount it but a lot of the B2B stuff is going to be more difficult to sort of get moving on Facebook
1: you've got an agency right over at marvio.com why don't you give us some examples i'm sure you've worked with a a breadth of different types of businesses and and entrepreneurs who have you been able to without giving names if that's private who have you been able to get the best results for
0: um the best you know what it's it's not so much the specific service or product that makes the difference as the branding and marketing and and setting up the channel the right way so if people have created their branding, you know, well and um, they're either recognisable or if people come to their brand, it's easy to see what they stand for and that they can be unique, then that, that's a great fact that, that those um, clients will always do better than those who already have a really crappy website and they're trying to, you know, drive traffic on Facebook. Those that have an established brand or at least an established brand identity, if they're new, um, are going to be much are going to do much better on face with their Facebook marketing than those that don't. Um, things like shopping malls, are, you know, are great because they're a bit of a hub of the community, so they've already got a natural kind of community thing going on. So it's easy to replicate that in Facebook, um, and also via with virtue of the demographic targeting, you can really get to their audience very easily. Um, Things that are visual, so things that are easy to share in imagery or that brands that have a lot of images to share are great to share uh, to market on Facebook as well Um, because, you know, photos are really the heart of of the success of Facebook and, and why people love to interact. So anything that can be quite visual So, we've done, you know, uh, I guess, events like live events, Um, you know, maybe it's like a two day event, or um, I think we did uh, like a big Halloween um, event that was this sort of three day big show across, you know, they had all different, um, like it was almost like a Halloween festival or something. Nice. For want of a better word. So, things like that got a lot of um, support because. Little did I know there were, like, all these Halloween freaks, in, especially in Australia. <laughs> Halloween isn't in, in Australia. Like, oh, no, I can't yeah. really call them Halloween freaks. But, you know, it's it, obviously it's very big. I mean, America and it originated more in Ireland, but um, it's, it's, you know, a huge part of the culture over in the US, but not so much here. But th- there's almost like this little sort of subculture of um, – like horror fans and vampires and right. vampire fans <laughs> and all this kind of zombie. zombies. There's all sorts, zombies. eh? Yeah, yeah. So all these like little subcultures were then, you know, finding their little community on this event page because they're all drawn by that, you know, that common thread of loving Halloween and these sort of spooky attractions and rides and things like that. So the, the most surprising things can happen on Facebook that, you know, I, when landed with marketing a Halloween event in Australia, I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be a stretch. <laughs> but in fact, it's not once you tap into the right people, and that's what I love about Facebook is that it takes all kinds and generally they are there. So um, definitely, uh, you know, things that are still have an element of their own physical community can do well. So a live event, yeah. or a shopping mall, um, and coaches, you know, online companies that have a nice face, like a good personality and a face to them, um, and that use video, that also works extremely well. Um, and fashion, anything sort of fashion and music is bound to to skyrocket on Facebook as well.
1: Got it. Okay. So we've established that pretty much most businesses, bar those metal cabinet makers, can probably do something on (laughs) on Facebook, even weird and wacky stuff. But I guess before people jump on board, and most people do want to jump on Facebook um, right now, let's face it, there's got to be some sort of strategy behind it. You just don't want to create a page, start posting random stuff, creating ads that are not targeted or don't have any thought behind mm. it? What should be a good question to pose to get the strategy right for a business wanting to do this stuff?
0: Yeah, I guess, and that's what, you know, obviously with any good marketing, it starts with the strategy and keeping that, you know, that one goal in mind of, of okay, what, what is going to be your prime the prime goal. So, is it going to be um, getting more targeted leads, which is really what I, you know, advocate for where appropriate. Um, it it also depends on what you're selling, like what price point your your product or service or program is. Um, but it's what's most appropriate and generally the best kind of approach that I would recommend because it does vary from um, from client to client. But the best approach I would I would recommend is to think, okay. Let's think how we can capture people's email addresses. Because no matter what you're really selling, a great way to establish a relationship, aside from obviously the Facebook page, is getting their email address. So if you can be building a Facebook page at, at the same time as growing an email list, that's going to serve you well for whatever you're selling. So what I, the way I, the reason why I tell people that is that. Don't expect to go on Facebook and make immediate sales. Facebook is a relationship platform. So, you know, it's like the old adage, you're going to, you know, take take out a woman and, you know, try <laughs> Don't and put out on, her yeah. into bed the first night. I'm probably going a bit X-rated here, but you know what <laughs> I mean. Like, of course not. You're going to get to know someone, um, you know, date them first. and yeah. You know, take them out and, you know, you just get a fair exchange in the relationship before you get to that sort of, you know, that, that point. So it's very much the same in terms of marketing in that you want to be wooing your customers and Facebook marketing can be a great way to woo your customers. Um, but especially if you have a higher price product or service, don't be expecting that you're going to get, you know, conversion straight off the bat um, with a, you know, here, buy my stuff. It, it, it's got to be um, framed in the right way and, and the relationship has to start on the right foot They've got to get an idea of the kind of community that you're cultivating on Facebook. Yeah. They've got to be able to identify with that community. So that's why Facebook pages are absolutely essential to get right. Um, and, and for me, the success of Facebook ads is totally intertwined with Facebook pages and using the platform in its entirety rather than just hopping on some random ads for a couple of months and, and sending them to your website. That's not the best approach. You want to start creating a great presence for your brand on Facebook. And, and there's no better time to do that than now.
1: So you, you mentioned building up the rapport between the, the business or individual and their target audience. What do you advocate in terms of good content to post about on Facebook? And what sort of frequency should that content be posted at?
0: Short posts are the best. Um, people are really just wanting quick interactions. So it doesn't mean that they're meaningless, but people just like to, you know, quickly scan something, see in their news feed, oh, yes, and, and an evoke a response in them. So the way it can evoke a response is it can be a question posed to them. It can be a quick direction, like, you know, you will see many of those um, pages that, I mean, posts that post things that ask for the light directly, you know, click like yep. if, if you enjoy da 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 you know they're okay once you know to interweave into your schedule you don't want to be doing those all the time they get a bit tired if you can get um you know get more original content then do but try and limit yourself to two lines try and make it a question a thought starter a handy and relevant fact um a funny is always good you know as we know people love sharing you know those videos and pictures and all that kind of stuff it, it, the reason why they're so ubiquitous is because they work. Um, and I, I was just having a look actually on a website yesterday at the 10 most shared photos, or most liked, sorry, not shared, because obviously there's a difference between the liked and likes and the shares, but the 10 most liked photos across Facebook last year. And I was trying to work out a commonality. And aside from the fact, you know, the top two were from Obama, um, <laughs> of course, Barack Obama because of the election. Of course, they were the yeah. the two top ones. But what was, what was um, the common thread between those was that they were emo- emotive pictures. There were pictures of him and Michelle Obama, you know, embracing in this, you know, kind of carefully staged picture. And one was actually a photo of him and her 20 years ago and he put on there, or obviously his social media managers had quite smartly, Oh, you know, after 20 years, she still gives great hugs or, you know, yeah. it's creating a human element to someone who, you know, to this celebrity. And, I mean, obviously he's a president, but he is, you know, a very well-known figure in our world and, and that's why he has that sort of global reach and power. The rest were all music, um, you know, music luminaries as well. And yeah you know, the Lagas and the Snoop Dogg and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it was very American-leaning, obviously. Of um, course, yeah. Is in the US. But um, what you could see, even with those, and they were, you know, all musicians and big celebrities, but all of the photos had an emotive human element to them. One of the other ones that comes to mind was Shakira posted a photo, like her Facebook page is, is huge. Obviously the likes that these posts get just blow my mind. But um she was, posted a photo of herself pregnant. Right. So, so even though they're these celebrities, they're creating this kind of human element. And if you can do that with your brand in whatever way, even if you're selling a widget, tie it into some sort of human element or emotion or story, and that's, they're the things that get momentum on Facebook and, and really forge that relationship.
1: So are these things that we can take lessons from in terms of our actual page setup as well i mean should we be looking for emotive type pictures for the timeline cover image and the the profile Mm -hmm. picture is you follow the same sort of recommendations
0: yeah absolutely and the the great thing since timeline was introduced nearly a year ago it's only a month off being (laughs) a year year old now is that you can be changing up your timeline you know as often as you want um keeping it fresh seasonal Um, relative to your, you know, your promotional and marketing calendar, you you know, move it as much as you would if you had, you know, a physical store and many many of your um, listeners here might have, you know, clients like that that have a physical store. You know that you need to be, you know, changing your window frequently if you're a retailer, for example, keeping it fresh, inviting people in and making them feel like there is something exciting to, you know, to be had on your Facebook page, and you can really bring it to life with those branding elements. So I absolutely recommend that you incorporate that in your imagery and, um, you know, rather than just having boring logos and headshots and leaving it there, you know, I'm yeah. really guilty of that on my own page. I'd like to fashion my more. Me too. i a bit busy doing other people's, I think that's the yeah. problem. But, um, you know, just um, sharing uh, that interaction with fans on the page and highlighting any contribution they bring, you know, making it a real um, two way street, I guess, in terms of it's building that community. And then people say, well, that's all well and good. How do we then make money from it? And the thing is, if you create that following on Facebook, that's a ready made audience that you can be tapping into with Facebook ads. So people, there has been a lot of conjecture as well about, oh, Facebook aren't showing my posts as much anymore. Um, You know, what's the point in being on Facebook? You have to pay. Well, you know what? Welcome to the world. It's a commercial reality. Facebook have an amazing platform and even if you are paying, it costs a fraction of traditional media, as I'm sure most of the people working for agencies know. Yeah. And what a great opportunity. So if you're working for brands, it's still a cheap, an effective and highly targeted form of media, that you can be reaching all of those fans using ads. So it doesn't really matter if you're not reaching 100% of people's news feeds organically, you can reach them with by using um, the Facebook ad platform. And it's really, really powerful. Um, and it doesn't have to be excluding traditional media. You don't have to exclude traditional media either. You can weave it in beautifully with your traditional media strategies and it just strengthens everything. Um, But I think what most of my clients are finding that even if rather than spending more on Facebook, shifting their existing media spend from other channels to facebook is giving them a much bigger return that's
1: and this is all uh, this is all trackable right i mean especially with the most recent announcement from facebook that we can test um or track conversions directly in the facebook mm-hmm. platform we should get a good indication of actually what roi facebook is giving us i guess
0: yeah absolutely i, I mean that, that that's the interesting thing that especially um talking with many offline clients um they're cut there's you know, still suspect about Facebook, particularly down, I mean, I'm in Australia, so if we talk to Australian clients, it's probably even more so. We, I think we're a little bit <laughs> behind the also. <open> also. <laughs> some some, are. Um, I like to not think of myself that way, but definitely some of the clients down here are, are less familiar and a little scared of Facebook um, and don't believe it has an ROI. And it's quite interesting because I think, oh, sorry, I think I just saw you, you know, buy a full page in Metro Press last week, and last time I checked, it's very difficult to measure the ROI on a newspaper ad, how many people exactly are going to see it and purchase if if you're not tracking that online. So, you know, and and how many years have people been putting money into that because, yeah, at at the end of the day, marketing and advertising done well works. So we don't need to argue the point there. This way you have the ability to actually, with ads, pages, track how many people are visiting your page or clicking on your ad, how many people get into your website, and if you have your conversion, um, you know, resources there to, to see how, how that converts for you, whether they're your own or Facebook, then you can absolutely track your ROI if you have an on- online business or even if you have an offline business, build in, you know, track your leads and yeah. track your page insights. Facebook gives you so much information for free um, you know, it's it's a great kind of brand health check as well and an excellent source of free market research. You can test ideas, new products, ask questions, um, all those sort of things that you used to have to sort of pull together focus groups that cost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars before. This is something that you can be um, leveraging for free. So, um, you know, in my mind, what marketer wouldn't want that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, one of the great things that I like, Victoria, about Facebook is they're always innovating and coming up with new stuff. What's some of the stuff that's really working right now on Facebook?
0: Well, as I said, I really like integrating ads with the pages. And um, over the last four to six months, I'm using page post ads. So a lot of people are probably seeing promoted posts where. You can um, post on your page and click promotion at the bottom of the page and that goes to fr- fans and supposed friends of fans. Um, and, and that strategy is fine, but there's a much more targeted way to um, get really cheap clicks um, and get some good cut through on Facebook and that is using the page post ads. And in order to do that, you need to create a nice two-line post, uh, preferably with an image, a link or a video. Um, and then go into your Ads Manager and um, choose promote. Uh, choose your Facebook page as the destination, then click on Promoted Post uh, or Promote a Page Post is the option in the middle there. Yep. And then you'll get a drop down of all your recent posts. So choose the one that you've created the image and obviously there should be a good call to action in that post and there can be a link to a website. So whether you want to have that as a page that you put in in on your Facebook page. So what we call a Facebook app where you can take web content and add it to your Facebook page in one of those little squares under the timeline picture. Yep. Or you have another landing page. So put the link in there um, and create a call to action. And then you can turn that into an ad using all the beautiful targeting options that you have with regular ads. Now, the reason why this works better is that you get more, firstly, you get more real estate on Facebook with these ads in that you get bigger ads and you also get the ability um, for them to show up in people's news feeds rather than just on the side of their news feeds. Um, So you're getting more real estate and more exposure Um, It also looks less like an ad, so that tends to appeal if if structured the right way, gets more clicks, which we all know the more clicks you get on on your Facebook ads, the less you'll end up paying um, as a cost per click. So um, I recommend that as a really good strategy to get traffic to an actual uh, landing page or website. So make sure you give some thought thought about the type of landing page you want to use. Keep it very clear and simple with one kind of clear function or outcome that is really obvious. So don't bombard users with too much information on one page, otherwise they won't take any action. So make it really simple for them to take some action, whether it be them entering an email, whether it be registering for a comp- contest, whether it be you know downloading a, a, a white paper or a free report. All of those things work really, really well, um, and you can be driving a ton of traffic at an average cost per click of you know anywhere from um, $0.02 cents to sort of $0.50, cents, which is still really, really good um, yeah. for, for, for um, CPC on Facebook. So that that would be my strategy of, of what I'd be recommending. You know, it may not work in another three months. I think more and more people <laughs> are, are tapping into it, but... Um, for the last few months it's been an an, an amazing success for for my clients
1: fantastic and and what about the landing page itself i guess we got the option to send that traffic off facebook to a website or keep it on facebook with uh, a tab as you suggested is there a preference should we split test or are you finding that one is just outperforming the other right now um
0: I love keeping the pages on Facebook, but one of the limitations to that is that some of the apps, the pro, the apps, the Facebook apps, can um, have some bugs with certain browsers. So, um, say you know people, God forbid, are using Internet Explorer. Sorry,
1: using <laughs> Wake browser, up, people!
0: Some people do use that browser, and I'm not quite sure why. But anyway. Oh, no. um, I know it's like using Yahoo for search. I not quite understand. But anyway, um, <laughs> in, you know, Internet Explorer uh, does have some real issues with with the apps um, and sometimes videos, if they're on that landing page, can be slow to load and things like that. So that can affect, um, you know, affect your conversions. But I prefer to keep things on Facebook. I think it's nice for that sort of whole, um, you know, consistency Uh, And and generally you will get cheaper clicks by keeping it on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, If you create a great, if you have a highly converting landing page already and you start driving ads to that, you'll find that it should translate to Facebook, if not do more. So one of my um, clients has been running, you know, at least $100,000 in Google ads to a landing page. Their landing page converts better on Facebook than it does on Google to, you know, um, very, you'd think, well, search traffic, you can't get much more specific and ready than search traffic, but um, Facebook traffic can be just as good, if not better, and um, even more beneficial is that it's cheaper,
1: so it's pretty cool. Interesting stuff. Good. Um, Victor. I always get confused between the difference between a, a page post ad, a, a sponsored post, and a promoted post. Can you just give us an overview of the of the difference between those different options? Because there are multiple ways that you can advertise on Facebook.
0: Yes. So the, the, the main choices are you can use a regular ad, which are the ones that most people are familiar with that you see on the right-hand side of your newsfeed. feed. They, they have a small picture, you know, 100 pixel by 71 pixels high. They've got a headline and, you know, four lines of text. Um, and when people click on them, they either go somewhere on Facebook, uh, like they can go to a URL. So the URL may be on Facebook or it may be off, but it's, They're the original style of ads that are designed really to send people um, to a a website or a landing page. What Facebook then discovered is why do we want to keep sending traffic off Facebook? We'd rather be making, you know, our ads more like the rest of the platform so that, you know, people will be less disgruntled (laughs) with Facebook (laughs) and uh, where they come from is it. It's all about enhancing the user experience. So they wanted to create ads that sort of looked like a, that they, were, they were meant to be there and they weren't ads and they were part of a part of Facebook and helping people find the things that their friends are interested in. So what I love about those ads is that you can use a page post ad, which is what I just described before, where you create a post and then you go into your ads manager and use the traditional ads creation techniques and targeting to create a page post ad. A promoted post is just clicking promote at the bottom of your post. Um, Now, not all pages have have this option. You have to have at least 400 fans to have this option come up. Um, The reason why this was created, this sort of came about shortly after the IPO, so they're obviously looking to increase their revenue as, as, um, you know, as quickly as possible. And what they were finding is a lot of, you know, just, Joe Blow ads or Facebook users who maybe ads customers had were completely daunted by the ads manager and creating an ad in that in that um, kind of environment. So they just created basically this is an easy button to advertise for people. They just press one button, add a credit card, and away they go. Now that goes that shows up in people's news feeds only. It doesn't show up as an actual ad on the side of the page. Shows up in news feeds, but they also spin it out to, if you select the option, they spin it out to what they, what they say are friends of fans. What happens is that they'll serve that in very low-end or cheap markets. So you'll find right. a lot of kind of foreign people seeing those promoted posts. You might, and a lot of people do comment, oh, and I think I put a post on my website at um, marvio.com. You can have a look on there about... You know, are you getting spam on your promoted posts? Um, it was And that that came about because a lot of people were saying that. And the reason was is that was they were choosing friends of fans as the option to show their promoted post to. Now, that's although you can do some extra targeting on top of that, um, you're still not taking advantage of what you could be with Facebook. So although a promoted post can be an easy, you know, just chuck $20 at it and get, you know, 2,000 people to see your post, um, it's still better to put that $20 into a page post ad than a promoted post, in my opinion.
1: Got yeah.
0: So I would be using page post ads over promoted posts. The last one there that you talked about was sponsored stories. Now, what Facebook have recently done is um, created automatic sponsored stories when you create an ad. This is to give you added exposure and newsfeed exposure. And a sponsored story is really, I'm sure most people have kind of seen them, they're kind of social, more social ads. So there, for example, if it was your page, James, um, and an ad, a sponsored story showed up in my newsfeed, it would show me a, any of my Facebook friends that like your page. So it would say there'd be your page advertised and it might say Jane Smith likes James Reynolds. Yeah. Um, or Jane Smith likes a post on James Reynolds' page or Jane Smith likes, um, you know, an, an an app or a video or a link you've shared. So it's trying to amplify that friend activity so that we naturally are curious about what, what the people we know do. So it's kind of got this inbuilt layer of um, social proof in there. Um, and also they're a lot cheaper than regular ads because Facebook like to serve those yeah, because they believe they enhance the user experience. So that's a, that's a kind of brief overview. And I know some people will just be like, what? But, um, it's it is very complicated and i I do live in a world of facebook so it makes sense to me but i understand that it may not (laughs) make perfect sense well i've
1: well i've got it from that explanation victoria it was it was spot on and, and perfect but it's it's interesting that you touched upon something there Facebook advertising to a novice can be quite complex, you know, based on all the different mm. options that are available. I guess you probably see from time to time some big mistakes being made. What would some of those big mistakes be?
0: Um, people creating ads that just go to their website homepage, um, especially when their website homepage isn't really optimized for conversions to leads or sales um, is a big mistake and one I see frequently. Um, people using really poor images in their marketplace ads or their or their page post ads, just creating Im- using images that are smaller than the actual size you've been given um, or they're blurry or they're not really relevant to the landing page or perhaps the message isn't really relevant to the landing page. One of the big ones I see is targeted copy. They haven't used the targeting in the ads correctly. So I might see an ad, for example, to say something like, you know, do you live in Sydney and um, please click on this? It's kind of like, I clearly don't live in Sydney. My profile is not connected to Sydney at all. You haven't done your targeting or perhaps there's a date and they've let the ad run on. Um, You know, just sort of sloppy mistakes like that I see a lot um, from people. I I think one of the disadvantages of of Facebook ads compared to traditional media is there's even though every ad is manually approved the quality control can be a little, <laughs> a little lax sometimes, and you can start to see some really, just dodgy quality on there, um, and you know people are going to be seeing ads that have spelling errors or don't really make sense or untargeted, and they're just even though Facebook ads are cheap, that's just a waste of money. So
1: absolutely, yeah,
0: they're probably that the most of the mistakes I see
1: yeah well i guess most people that would be listening to this podcast would resonate with that and understand that you know better use of their time would would be to employ an agency who actually know this stuff and and keep up to date with all of the latest movements and, and trends in facebook for which there are many of course what would in your mind be the next trend in facebook what do you see coming up next um
0: that's a good question actually i I, I think I think we are going to see the impact of and and look I'm probably not this isn't a major prediction I've seen this in action and I love it um and this is probably their strategy and and not I'm not some you know uh, looking at a crystal someone looking at a crystal ball here this is actually <laughs> happening with. People have probably seen the graph search, um, the new graph search that's come out. Um, you may have access to it on your profile. Now it's in testing. Um, I, I was lucky enough to see it last week. And it becomes, because one of the things that Facebook doesn't do very well, which most people are probably aware of, is search. So when you're trying to even search Facebook, it's just. Totally painful. Even trying to search for someone you know is very difficult. So they really haven't got search ironed out, and I think they know that. And this graph search is designed to A, address that, but also B, create a whole lot of new advertising and social opportunities. So, what it basically does is you can pop in graph search restaurants, for example. This is where it's starting to try and mirror Google, but use some of the advantages of Facebook. So, you can put in restaurants, and then it's going to come up with um, the restaurants that your friends have liked or checked in to so um but it becomes it has this layer of social you know social element a little bit like what google do with google plus and, and you know obviously things show up if, if um friend if uh people you know have interacted with it on google plus facebook are doing that with graph search so it's trying to make um, it'd be more of a one-stop shop and less need for you to go to Google and Facebook. Given Facebook's number two, obviously they'd love to be number one, whether, you know, I, I doubt they can do it. But it will be great if they can improve that sort of search landscape on Facebook and that creates a whole lot of um, advertising opportunities that were not previously there. Uh, you know, being able to have sponsored feeds when people search for restaurants yeah. in Graph is pretty powerful Um, and that creates a whole new type of advertising on there that is obviously more akin to what you can do on Google Um, but that to me is pretty exciting. Um, Absolutely. To evolve products like that so that graph search, yeah, I was pretty, pretty excited about. Look, those things, you know, the actual advertising products may not come out for another year um, it just depends. I mean, I'm sure they'll be they'll be rushing to do it as quickly as they can. One of the things they they come up against is resistance to change on Facebook, and also people are slow to change because people find it very difficult to work out all the new <laughs> the new features and get up with it. And people get really you know I don't think people seem to get as angry about changes on Google as they do on Facebook. Facebook seems no. to be the place that people get really angry about any change <laughs> <laughs> sort of treat it like their little uh, house or something i don't know what it is but
1: people i guess they get away. a they get an outlet to vent their frustration as well don't they something changes on facebook and there they go straight to their status update to <laughs> rid their anger of how pissed off they are that the status bar has exactly. changed or whatever has changed. Yeah, it's a funny one. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. So um, to me, yeah, I mean, like I said, that's not just something I'm thinking, oh, wow, I think they might do this. They're doing it. I'm seeing it and I saw it and it, it's exciting and I, I think that's that that's the next logical evolution for Facebook ads. Um, obviously, they need to drive their revenue, but yeah. maintain the experience and, and I like that philosophy. I think that that's what makes it a valuable place for marketers. Um, It's a place people want to spend their time. And, you know, think about some of the largest population, well, one of the largest population, China is not even on Facebook yet. So there's sort of options to go even bigger on Facebook and obviously China has its limitations in terms of, you know, how many of that population would be English-speaking and how relevant that is to the Western world and us as agencies, but... Um, the potential is still pretty mammoth, and I really believe in the platform. You know, people are kind of like, "Oh, what are you going to do with your business?" and Facebook might not be there next year. To me, that that just does not. I mean, obviously, I, I make sure I strategize around that, but to me, I, I just can't see that happening. I, I think it's I think it's just a, a woven into our social fabric now, um, forevermore, and hopefully, it stays that
1: way. I'm sure it will do. I think it's pretty firmly placed there now. So you heard it here first, grass search. I'm going to go check that out. Sounds very interesting. Fantastic. Victoria, brilliant. I think we should probably close things out there. We've mentioned your website, marvio.com, a couple of times throughout. Is that the Mm -hmm. best place for people to go out and find out more about you?
0: Yeah. On there, I've got um, quite a few blog posts, a couple of years worth, really, of just, you know, there's a a lot of – you know information that people can access there i've also got a facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash we are marvio um people can ask me questions like the page interact with me there as well um i'm present and interact with my fans too as i recommend for my clients um and there's also uh, the, a, a video series that i did do recently which people might Um, get some more information on um, using page posts and promoted posts Um, and that's at marvio.com forward slash social media struggle so you might even want to pop those links below the podcast or wherever it is but hopefully um, yeah people can go and access as much value as they can from from my (laughs) web presence and um, of course I do do done for you campaign management as well as uh, coaching as well so one-on-one coaching if you've got you know, if you're looking to hone your skills in this area, I I can definitely help you with that too. So feel free to reach out.
1: Thank you. Well, I'll make sure those links are placed in the show notes beneath um, this recording so people can pop over and find you there. Victoria, thanks for your time and hope to catch up with you again soon.
0: Great. Thanks, James.
1: Okay, so this week's news in traffic. First item, Facebook has reintroduced their conversion tracking to the ads manager. Now, this means you can now track conversions that originate from your Facebook advertising right from inside your ads manager panel. Now, Facebook have tried conversion tracking in the past, but for a long time it's been unavailable, meaning you had to rely on external software or Google Analytics goals to track your conversions from Facebook. Now Facebook conversion tracking works in the same way as conversion tracking inside Google AdWords in that Facebook give you a piece of code that you place on your website's thank you page that appears after a purchase or opt-in and when a visit occurs to that page a conversion is measured. Now, this reintroduced feature has been missing and it really is a welcome addition to Facebook ads. That said, I do suggest you also track via Google Analytics goals as this will give you a secondary measurement and perhaps a more rounded view of Facebook conversions comparative to other traffic sources inside Google Analytics. In other news, Google have released version 24 of Google Panda. Now, Panda is the series of algorithm updates focused on weeding out poor quality websites that appear higher in the search results than they should probably deserve to be. Google reckon only about 1.2% of search queries have been affected. And if your site has good quality content on it and delivers a good user experience, then you should probably not have experienced any dip in results. So how do you stay safe? Well, try some of these things. You really want to focus on creating a quality website. And that means rich media on your site. Lots of pictures, quality audio and videos really help make a really good, strong user experience. Also, look at your navigation. Try and make it as simple as possible, making sure that your users can find the content that they want to find quickly and easily. Also, look at things like footer links um, and also look at removing any extreme volume of ads that might appear on your site. These are all things that are going to harm you in the panda era. So the lesson is create a website with lots of rich quality media, multiple pages, and focus on building your authority. TrafficJamCast.com. Now, wherever you're listening to this and whatever your area of interest is when it comes to traffic, I would love to receive your questions. So head on over to trafficjamcast.com and we've got two places where you can send us a message. The first is the send voicemail button, which appears on the right hand side of the screen. You can literally just speak into that and we'll pick the audio up for featuring on future episodes. And we've also got a leave a message button at the top of the screen. That's a good old text input Just pop your question in there and I'd love to answer that in the coming weeks. Also, if you've enjoyed this podcast, leave us a comment over on the website trafficjamcast.com or if you're listening on iTunes, we'd love to get your review or recommendation. So uh, head on over to iTunes and, and pop your review in over there. This week's one minute traffic tip. Now, conversion tracking has been featured on the show numerous times today, so I'm going to say right on theme here. Now, whatever channel you're using to drive traffic to your site, use Google Analytics tracking links in combination with Google Analytics goals. Now, what's the process? Well, instead of pointing a link to your clean URL, use Google Analytics tracking links, which essentially add a modifier to the end of your, your URL, which in turn allows Google Analytics to recognize the exact traffic source, which you can track down to source, medium, campaign type, and a few other variables. Now, when you use Google Analytics tracking links in combination with goals, you'll quickly be able to see what specific traffic sources are resulting in conversions. And once you know which traffic sources are resulting in conversions, what do you do? You just do more of it. Alrighty, that's it for episode one. Remember to leave me a comment and head on over to iTunes and leave a review. What's more, if you leave us a review, I'll be sure to mention you on next week's show. So uh, that's it for now. Playing us out this week is another track by Paul Thomas, and this one is called Buzz Killington. Enjoy. Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website TrafficJamcast.com.